It's been way too long, and I really miss you. Love you, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. My favorite director would have to be Martin Scorsese. Followed by Hey guys, welcome to Top Fives and Deep Dives. This is Justin over in LA. We've got Mike in London. Hello, my friend. Yo, what's up? Nada, nada. Top five murder mystery movies. Yes. That's the topic today. That's right. I'm very about it. Uh, we, me too. We, me too. We love true crime. We like we mysteries. We don't like when people get murdered, but we love murder mysteries. <laughs> that, is, that is very much true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this... This episode was inspired by the fact that the new version, the remake, we'll call it, of Death on the Nile just came out. So I think we have to talk about that first, don't we, Mike? Yeah, let's do it. So I'm just going to jump into it. I was not impressed by this movie. I guess before I go deeper, how do you feel, Mike? Just, Just one or two words about your thoughts yeah i I kind of i kind of agree i kind of agree okay so the reviews are are not bad they're it's technically on rotten tomatoes i believe fresh audience reviews are even a little better than that i wanted to say it was about a 60 percent critics maybe 75 audience i'm definitely lower on this i love a good murder mystery i love a good agatha christie murder mystery but this one really didn't do it for me. I think it was a combo for me of without ruining anything about the actual um, contents of the plot or like the whodunit aspect, getting to the point where you even get to that plot line took so long. And I know, again, that's sort of the setup of like an Agatha Christie novel, but in other film, in other film adaptations, of her work, even if it's been long, I feel like it's been a lot more interesting. I felt like this took a while to get to something that we just knew was coming. And then the the actual detective work behind it felt riddled with exposition to me and not much excitement. And it felt like it wrapped up fairly quickly. Some of the actors I really wasn't feeling in this. Uh, I know he's got his own issues going on otherwise, but I, I really was not into army hammers role in this. And yeah, it did not resonate with me. And, and there's nothing I love more than a whodunit, a murder mystery, this type of setup. And I thought it was clunky. Uh, I thought it didn't look great. I thought that like, I've just decided the digital look of film really bothers me. Sometimes it's lost that magic of, everything pre like mid 2000s where the landscapes actually looked real that you were looking at and the animals looked sort of real they all just look freaking fake now and yeah again it's it was, at best it was okay but but no i i really would not recommend personally okay i am uh it's funny when we give like one word on it because i'm like kind of with consensus which is still to say that like for me it's a disappointment um, I 
you know, I actually felt, I think I prefer Kenneth Branagh's Murder on the Orient Express to the original. Um, I liked that film quite a bit. So I agree. I was, I was, you know, very excited to see this one. And, and I'll say up front that I, I went with the wife and she loved it. So there's someone that loved it. But yeah, I just kind of felt like, you know, in general, you're right that it takes a long time to get to the mystery. That's the same with the original as well. But I think the original did a better job kind of introducing the characters in that time and building some of the tensions. Um, and it did feel a bit clunky, which is so strange because Kenneth Branagh is a good director. You know, he's directed so many other films. It was weird to see this one kind of fall flat at times. And then, like you said, it kind of rushes at the end through the investigation. Also, I liked some of the characters, but like I didn't didn't quite give me that like big ensemble cast vibe that you expect to get from these. Like, obviously, I know who the people are, but it didn't quite give that same like wow this person's in it you know what i mean i totally agree yeah and it was i do i i tend to judge remakes a lot by you know what what they do add and he did change quite a bit changed a few characters added a lot of kind of plot line i guess for himself for the poirot character which was interesting if only to say that having now seen it i could sort of live without it you know what i mean so i do think there's something there i would recommend people watch it i mean my pretty much would watch any murder mystery so i'm definitely a little higher on you but also kind of a bit let down compared to uh you know his murder on the orient express yeah i liked his murder on the orient express very much and this this did not do it for me i'm with you that i'll watch any murder mystery which is why i watched it and i'm i'm not mad that i watched it i just i felt like it was very mediocre yeah i'd have to agree unfortunately uh what a shame yep all right so now i mean it's time to Jump into murder mysteries. I, Mike, I know that you and I talked about this a little bit off pod, but what is a murder mystery? Movie? <laughs> it's a great question. It's a great question. It seems, I mean, something like Death on the Nile, I think is, is pretty straightforward, right? That's like the classic setup. Yes. Um, there's a murder. Everyone's a suspect. And we, you know, try to figure out what's going on. But then there's like, like if the police are investigating a murder, is that a murder mystery movie? Is that a crime movie? I don't know. I don't either, and it's it's so difficult because when you, I mean, obviously you sit there, you think about what your own definition is. Then you go potentially online and you look up what Google tells you and what other lists are that people have compiled of murder mystery movies. And man, is it does it seem to be a gray area? Very gray. I mean, there's movies, and I don't know, I'm, I'm, I will not fault you if you put one yourself. I, I don't believe I did, but there's even movies on these lists that are not necessarily even murder mysteries. They are just mysteries of someone, like, getting kidnapped or something. And Yeah, for me, I did not include those. It's got to be the murder and then the mystery. Yes, I, I agree that there definitely has to be a murder and a mystery. Um, and the order that you put them in is is probably the best order. So, yeah, I don't know. It's very difficult. I guess we'll see as our lists happen what we think of each of ours, but it's 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 tough. There's only so many movies that are legitimately like A Death on the Nile where murder, everyone's a suspect, who did it? Like, And those movies are incredible, the ones there are. But I'm excited to see what we come up with, my friend. Yeah, yeah. Well, should I start off? I think you should. Because my number five is 1978's Death on the Nile. <laughs> you didn't. I did. It's a double dose of Death on the Nile. Wow. Yeah. So this is, uh, you know, I, obviously we, we've, we've just talked about it, but it's it's 
uh, Hercule Poirot's story based on the Agatha Christie uh, novel. This is like, I think the second adaptation of these films because Murder on the Orient Express comes first. and I don't quite like that one as much. Written by Anthony Schaffer, who wrote uh, Sleuth and Evil Under the Sun. Maybe appears on these lists. Who knows? Um, and also wrote The Wicker Man. So big shout out. And, um, you know, like all these ones, they it has just a, a, a crazy cast. So Peter Ustinov plays Hercule Poirot, but there's Betty Davis, Mia Farrow, uh, Angela Lansbury, uh, our guy Jack Warden is even in this. I think he's like German or Austrian. Why? I don't know exactly, but big shout out <laughs> Jack Warden, rest in peace. And yeah, I don't know, man. This is just, I think, watching this movie, uh, I rewatched it this week. It's The reveal is incredibly satisfying. Um, you know, it's played for a lot more laughs than I think you would expect. And it captures kind of that aspect of the Poirot character that I think is interesting. It's got a really, really long sort of drawn out setup, uh, which I think has its pros and cons, but it's, it's 140 minutes. It's, it's a long film. So it takes a while to get to, um, the actual murder. Um, but it's, yeah, I think this is like the best iteration I would say of the Poirot character, at least of the original movies and it, it hits it hits everything i want in the murder mystery big cast murder isolated location investigation reveal you know dude i love it i mean it's as classic as it gets yeah also we can i think all agree like agatha christie as an author is probably Beast. the the all-time murder mystery like fucking you know I mean, I think I think so. It's like her, or maybe the Holmes stories, right? I mean, those are the two big ones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, what a way to lead us off on the episode inspired. <laughs> it kind of had to be done. It had to be done. Great way. Well, well, you took us to 1978. I'm going to take us to a very recent movie that really impressed me and absolutely deserved a spot on my list, and that is 2020s. The Kid Detective. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. So, and by the way, I have to say, because this is a bit of an underseen gem, this movie has good reviews, people. So after I tell you about it, I hope you'll go give it a shot and check it out. It's, so it's it's written and directed by Evan Morgan. I don't know if that will mean anything to you, but you know what? He's, he's an up-and-coming talent. It stars Adam Brody. In the, in the lead character, he plays Abe Applebaum, who pretty much when he was a young kid in his town, he was like sort of the celebrated like kid detective. He'd, he'd solve these little small mysteries around town. And he's now 32 and he is continuing to try to be this detective, although in a, in a bit more of a serious sense, it just hasn't quite ever made it there. So... He's a bit of a, I don't want to call him a slacker, but he's a bit lost in life. Nobody really believes in him. And, you know, I think to a certain degree, especially being around his age, that for myself, there was a little something to relate in with some of it. But uh, anyways, he has a younger girl bring him his first big boy case, which is to find out who murdered her boyfriend. And therein lies the plot. So the murder mystery begins, you know, small town story. It is awesome. And I just feel like not only did it have some of the traditional aspects of the genre, 
but it also did something new with it and it was sort of a coming of age story in and of itself it was just it's really good i thought the you know the mystery when it's solved it's got a very uh satisfying ending and it's just a great movie all around it feels like an indie murder mystery almost it's great on your recommendation i watched this on the plane to los angeles to see you hey um, and yeah i think it's i think it's 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 it captures the sort of i don't know kind of angsty private detective aspect which i think is interesting um the, i don't know the reveal on this one's a little bit crazy but the reveal in some of mine is a little bit crazy too so even though that one didn't hit me like perfectly i think you know to each their own and and i hate nothing more than kind of a dud reveal so you know have at it okay i'll take it okay well a very recent film too obviously you know an old film this is a classic but a bit of a mic pick just because it's from 1949 but if you haven't seen it it's a fantastic film and it is called the third man dude i haven't seen this and it it uh it was on my watch list it's uh yeah i would definitely recommend it and i mean even the the reviews are even higher on it than i am so i think universally accepted as, as a pretty great film um takes place uh in sort of post-world war ii vienna and it is all about um so this guy is played by joseph kai and he's a writer and he's invited by his friend who's played by orson welles um to come work for him in vienna and when he gets there he finds that orson welles's character is dead and he learns that he was hit by a car um and very quickly on he learns that there was like sort of two witnesses to the to the accident and they helped you know they took his body out of the street that kind of thing and then uh after digging for information because he refuses to believe that this is an accident he actually finds out that there was a third man um that was there at the time of the accident and, and the story goes from there um and like the you know so he investigates it he doesn't think that uh like i said he doesn't think it was an accident he thinks it was murder the police are like trying to get him to kind of leave vienna um and he you know it just has to get to the bottom of this mystery and it's um yeah like i said it's it's even kind of a better film than maybe it would be you'd expect from number four on my list but um i don't want it's really tough to talk about these movies sometimes without giving anything away but like there's there's some really great performances it's incredibly well crafted the the black and white cinematography is great it won the the best cinematography award at the oscars and it's yeah it's i I think i like this one because it's a it's kind of like that private detective story in a sense of getting to the bottom of this conspiracy but at the same time um it's not actually like a cop or anybody like that you know it's just someone that's been thrust into the situation who happens to be a writer in like a foreign place and he has to navigate the mystery and also kind of navigate the politics of the city um which i think is interesting and it was uh I know they did some stuff in London, but it was also shot on site in Vienna and it just, yeah, it looks gorgeous. So I would definitely, definitely check this one out. Very nice. I am definitely going to check it out. So my number four, it's so interesting because certain movies and Mike, I'm curious, I forget if you've seen this film, but there's a reason why some people might be like, Oh damn, can't believe you chose this. But then on the other hand, if you've seen it, you'll know why I fucking chose it. That is 2003's Memories of Murder. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, for sure. 
man, it was honestly sort of there. There's a lot of great murder mystery movies, but like this is this has got to be one of my all time favorites. I watched it as a part of, I believe, one of our movies I hadn't seen episodes for the first time. It's a South Korean film directed, of course, by Bong Joon-ho and co-written by him. It is a a somewhat true story uh, following one of South Korean, Korea's most like famous serial killer uh, cases. And fuck, man, this movie has it all for me. It's the entire time you're just on the edge of your seat wondering who is committing these crimes and then watching these detectives follow the trail it's it's enthralling it's got to be one of the most exciting movies i love movies like this and i've become like a really big fan of south korean cinema over the past like year or so and this has got to be one of the best films to ever come out of that that part of the world in my personal opinion yeah it's a tremendous film um like you said it's 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 i I think it has let's say some parallels to like say zodiac in the sense of like it's just the the struggle to find this killer as they sort of build a profile and do everything they can to to bring someone to justice and i god it's so hard to elaborate on these movies because i don't i don't want to spoil anything you don't want to give away the ending it's but it's you know what i was trying to get it before i revealed the movie now right mike yeah yeah this yeah. is this is tough but i think we can say that at the time of the movie the murder was unsolved. Yes. It is now solved. You should definitely watch the film before reading anything about the case if you don't know it, but there is that kind of satisfaction that you get to like looking at what actually happened after the film was made. Yeah, and so I think that does allow us to talk a little bit. I, for, I, I forgot about that very important fact, Mike, and, and thanks for bringing that up because it will allow us to talk about when you're talking about murder mystery movies – Sometimes you may not get in the moment the most satisfying conclusion, so to say, especially when dealing with a true story. Yeah. But I don't think that takes away any bit of the murder mystery because the entire film is a murder mystery film. It's just you didn't get the bow at the end that you quite wanted, but the film is a masterpiece. And I feel lucky that we did get that closure many years later it almost makes it sweeter when it does come yeah i kind of agree and i think also when you're taking on a real case if it's not solved i do think it's a little bit i don't know i think i prefer when it's left sort of open-ended versus like the director saying like all right now here's my case on like here's what i think happened you know Mm -hmm. and i think yeah that's probably all all we could say but it's you need to see if you like if you like true crime And if you like murder mystery films where whether it's a detective or, you know, civilians or whoever are trying to figure out who the killer is, I mean, this movie will be right up your alley. Agreed, for sure. Okay, my number three, it's it's time for me to join you in the 2000s. Oh. And it is 2002. Still a bit of a mic pick, not going to lie to you. And that is the French film Eight Women. Ooh, I've never heard of it. Okay, great. This this film is just a fantastic time. It's it's directed by Francois Ouzon, Um, and it is a well, it's it's obviously it's about eight women. Um, and they are it's it's like a French sort of ensemble cast. So 
not necessarily the biggest names over here, but kind of famous actresses over there. But like Catherine Deneuve from Repulsion is in this. Emmanuel Bayard who's in uh, what Mission Impossible and a couple other people that you might know. But anyway, eight women. They are in a kind of like a country house in France um, around Christmas time snowed in they they can't really get out it's like the 50s so they they can't like call anybody either and there's they're all part of like a family and there's like two um sort of maids and they discover that like the sort of patriarch of the family uh was killed in the night um and they have to decide who who amongst them was the killer obviously and and yeah this is just a wacky film and it's a great time. So that's the setup. It's very classic. But then in the next 100 minutes, there's literally every beat that you've ever seen in any murder mystery all packed into that 100 minutes, you know? And it's like a oh mile a minute. God. There's there's family, there's there's class stuff, there's love, there's sex, there's money. You know, there's a lot of like wacky jokes. There's, you know, secrets. Everybody has a secret. Everybody got up in the middle of the night and you just have absolutely no idea who could have done it and you don't necessarily think that anyone is even capable. You know, there's no one that really like strikes that. It's one of those where, you know, how in like death on the Nile, it kind of seems like everybody could have done it. And this one, it kind of seems like no one could have done it. So like, you oh, just don't even know who to suspect, who to um, suspect did it. The costumes and production design of this house are great. And what I didn't even tell you yet is it's also kind of a musical. There's eight songs and every one of the women like has their own song that usually lasts like maybe two minutes of the film. That's amazing. It's just a fantastic time. I'm all in. Definitely check it out. It's a really good watch. Definitely checking out eight women. It's a fan. That's number three. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Well, for my number three, I'm going to take us a little earlier, Mike. going to take us into the nineties. Okay. And, uh, I mean, this is a, this is a favorite, movie of of the pod if i'm being honest but this is the movie that i think really elevated my love for the murder mystery into what it is today and i have to pay it the proper tribute and that is 1996's scream all right obviously if you follow the pod we did a scream deep dive lately that was a very fun episode but i mean come on you know for two guys that were born in 1989, growing up with certain films, this was one of the first big pop culture sensations that I really paid attention paid attention to that had anything to do with, you know, murders and mysteries. And while it's, you know, in a sense a horror film, it's a murder mystery. The entire film, you want to know who is Ghostface, um, who is terrorizing and killing these high school students in Woodsboro. And it kept me guessing the whole time. It still has one of the better reveals of a movie and it's iconic. And I, you know, it was hard not to put it even higher, but it had to be on the list. And so that's why it's here. It's of course, if you don't know anything about it, directed by Wes Craven, written by Kevin Williamson, stars Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, David Arquette. Skeet Ulrich, Matthew Lillard, Rose McGowan, Jamie Kennedy, Drew Barrymore. What a fucking cast. It's it's amazing. For for those of us that grew up in the 90s, I'd say a lot of us probably said this was one of the things that introduced us to murder mysteries. Yeah, and you and I sort of were chatting earlier in the week, um, and we you know kind of started off the pod with trying to figure out what exactly a murder mystery is. 
and I don't know that a lot of horror qualifies um, because one, I don't think they give you sort of enough suspects like this movie where it's literally, yeah, it could be anybody. It's, it's basically has that exact same feel as something like death on the Nile. Yes. Though too, like there's also, you know, a lot of the iconic slasher franchises, like you just know who it is. Like it's, it's Michael Myers end of, end of film. You know what I mean? Um, but this is obviously one. This is one of the rarer ones where not only are you wondering who the murderer is, but like you said, there's a big cast of characters to choose from. And the reveal, the reveal brings something new to the table. It's not just the Scooby Doo thing where you take off the mask and it's somebody. You know, it's it's one of these sort of clever reveals where the situation is always a bit uh, more complicated than it appears. You know. Yeah, and I can't like put my you know, stake my life on this, but I can say that it's definitely, it may have been the first movie with that type of reveal. One of them, at least, at least mainstream. Yeah. Okay. Well, so yeah, all of that said, my number two pick. Get us there. Has been described as Groundhog Day meets Scream. Oh. And that is 2017's Happy Death Day. Brother. I feel silly that I haven't seen it, but that was like next on my watch, like literally next on my watch list because I was like, wow, I didn't realize this was sort of a, a quite liked movie. I absolutely love it. And it's, you know, what I mean, for sure, what I can say is it's just off the bat. It's incredibly watchable. Like as soon as you turn this on, it's only 96 minutes, but like it's really light. It's really funny, especially for a horror movie. Um, you know, it's that horror comedy sort of genre, mm-hmm. and you will you will love it for sure. I cannot wait. This is, uh, you know, it's written, directed by Chris, Land- uh, just directed actually by Chris Landon, um, you know, who did Freaky that we've talked about a few times. And he wrote a bunch of those paranormal activity sequels and stuff like that. And it is about a girl who, yeah, she's in like a time loop, so Groundhog Day. So she continues to relive the same day, um, but each day ends in her murder. And she, you know, has to keep trying to relive this day to try to figure out who is murdering her. Can I tell you something? Yeah, go ahead. I'm in. Yeah, it's it's an incredible premise. Honestly, it's just fantastic. Um, and it, it does hit, um, you know, a lot of those kind of slasher and college movie tropes um, because she's in college. And on some level, it gives you exactly what you want uh, out of those films, but it also does spin them on their head a little bit. Uh, I think Chris Landon has a real feel for horror comedy, but you know, and, and that's what I mean. Like he he gives you what you're expecting, but also kind of executes this more unique vision. Um, and and it's, this movie is really all about the lead performance. So the actress is Jessica Roth, uh, BU alum. Big shout out and big uh, shout out yeah and Maybe she, we can get her on the pod one day dude that would be amazing and she um i don't know man she's this is like an incredibly demanding role and she's like it's it's i'm glad i was doing some research and it's like even amongst critics it's kind of universally accepted that she just smashes this film because you know she has to be this likable sort of heroic final girl which is a role in itself um, but then she has this romance plot line. It's a comedy, so she has to be like really funny throughout the entire thing. Um, and she also is like, she's also kind of a bitch, like a likable bitch at times. But like, she's also yeah, like a bitchy, like grouchy, um, like college student. And she just has to do so much over the course of the film, and she she nails everything. It's it's really 
um, I'd say that it's it's a very good film that becomes great because of a great performance. I'm very excited to watch this. I think I'm going to watch this tonight, dude. I'm telling you, first five minutes, you'll be hooked. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. All right, so that's number two. Happy Death Day, 2017. Mike's number two. I'm going to take us 10 years earlier to 2007. And there's a film that Mike mentioned earlier, and also a true story, and that is David Fincher's Zodiac. Oh, nice. Okay. Another film that, you know, we've talked about, I think, one other time on the pod, but it's so it's so good. This is a movie that I rewatched for the first time, I think, since 2007 or 2008 in the last year or two. And it absolutely blew me away. Like, there's some movies that the first time you saw them, for whatever reason, didn't fully connect with you. And and for me, that was the case with Zodiac. I think at the time, I didn't really know too much about the true story. And this is obviously one of the most publicized true crime cases ever. So I, I don't think I'm spoiling anything there, there was no conclusion to the Zodiac murders. And so I think going in with that knowledge is the best way to go into the movie. It's two hours and 40 minutes, so it's a, it's a long movie. And I just find the way that Fincher tackles this absolutely fascinating. You've got an incredible cast, Jake Gyllenhaal, Mark Ruffalo, Robert Downey Jr., You've got Chloe Sevigny, um, Brian Cox from, of course, now Succession. Yeah. But for a guy that really, really enjoys true crime and and reading up on it myself and reading up about a lot of cases that you know maybe don't have closure and trying to figure out who who did it, this movie almost feels like a nearly three hour version of trying to figure out who did it and just. You know, the way that real life goes, you don't always figure it out, but you kind of have to make up in your own head what where you think the evidence may or may not point. And it's just such a freaking, oh, it's so good. I, wanna, I might have to watch this movie again very soon as well. And I mean, this one is, just, again, it really just captures kind of the, I feel like actually a few of yours now, maybe three, it really capture kind of the mental toll that these take, cases can take. Um, for the people investigating. Yes, this one really, I feel like, dives into that. Yeah, definitely. Um, and if you don't know anything about the Zodiac Killer, he was he was a serial killer that terrorized like the San Francisco, like the Bay Area during the uh, the late 1960s, early 1970s, and he like would mail things to newspapers. He he was brutal and he it remi- it's still one of like the most infamous unsolved crimes of all time looks like it'll ever be soft let's be honest probably won't if somehow it ever is man the satisfaction oh my god and the relief of course for some of the victims or their families it, it would just be massive okay all right my number one here we go here we go we're in full mike pick territory I cannot wait. I cannot wait. But it comes with a great story, and I think I'm going to hook you. And I hope I can hook a lot of our audience. Um, Because this is a very underseen film, and it is 1973's The Last of Sheila. No, I've never heard of it. Okay. I'm writing it down right now. Here we go. So uh, it's directed by Herbert Ross, who, yeah, he did a bunch of movies. Footloose, Steel Magnolias, Played Against Sam, 
my blue heaven anyway the the real story here is in the writing credits so this is co-written by anthony perkins norman bates himself this is the only thing he ever wrote uh he even only directed like two films but and his his writing partner on this is the absolute legend r.i.v died late last year steven sondheim no and this is also the only thing he ever wrote pretty sure movies movies wise oh my obviously. God. obviously he wrote a million amazing songs but i think as a as like a writing credit on a film i think this is it and they wrote this because the two of them perkins and sondheim would like regularly arrange these like elaborate murder mystery type scavenger hunt games for like their famous friends and then decided to write a movie you know, with some of the stuff that they had sort of done. I mean, I guess, I guess inspired by some of the stuff that they had learned and the passion that they had, let's say. You're kidding me. I swear. Yes. Yes. So this is, uh, it's really like a seven piece. So there's kind of like one mastermind played by James Coburn and then six people that are playing this murder mystery game um, with which, you know, has bigger consequences obviously than you would expect. But like, I mean, Richard Benjamin's in it, James Mason, incredibly young Ian McShane is in it, Raquel Welsh, like Whoa. it has that big ensemble cast feel. And uh, so Sheila is a character who like 30 seconds into the film, we see her leave a party and then just get run over by a car and no one knows who did it. Um, and this is like, I want to say maybe like a year later, but anyway, sometime in the future, this James Coburn character invites the other six people who were guests at the party onto his yacht and then has them play this yeah this like scavenger hunt style game where in the end what he wants to do is get the killer of this woman sheila to sort of confess and it's just bananas it's it's just incredibly well written um almost too complicated but like clearly by two people that just had a ridiculous passion for like the whodunit genre and it has so many twists and turns that like they're not just twists they're like they completely change the direction of the movie so you don't know you really have no idea like where we're going and what the point of all this is and it it just keeps you on your toes and there's several times that you're like there's still like 30 minutes in the movie and you're like oh we're done like we solved the murder and then you're like what the hell's gonna happen next you know and it has that great um that great reveal with like the, it was all right in front of your face the whole time. That just makes you feel stupid. You know what I mean? And it's just, it's just brilliant. I love it. You have beyond sold me. I need to watch this. The only problem with this movie is that I don't know if there's like any good versions out there. Like whatever you're going to find online is not oh, good. Really? You just have to persevere. Okay. I can persevere. But it's, I mean, Steven Sondheim, what? That's insane. That's insane. I did not know that. Just an incredible film. And I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm very excited to see what your number one is. Well, this was the one thing that there was, it, it wasn't difficult. There was never a doubt for me. There's only one choice. Oh. There's one thing that completely molded my love of murder mysteries. It's a board game. <laughs> I was about to say, is Tim Curry involved? <laughs> <laughs> and there is also a movie. And that is 1985's Clue. I mean, whenever I say murder mystery, and I mean this, whenever I say murder mystery, 
The only thing that jumps to my mind immediately is Chloe. I, yeah, I rewatched because we talked about it, I don't know, a few months ago. I know it had been a while, so I did rewatch it this week. And I, yeah, I'm excited to hear what you think about it. Okay. So, of course, there's the very popular board game Clue. It's all about six strangers. They get an invitation to this secluded mansion. There is the butler, Wadsworth. There's Yvette, the maid. Um, and each of the guests receives a name. So there's Colonel Mustard, Mrs. White, Mrs. Peacock, Mr. Green, Professor Plum, Miss Scarlet. There's a seventh guest who arrives because there's six initially. This is Mr. Body. And Wadsworth reveals that Mr. Body has been blackmailing all of the others. Mr. Body gives each of these guests a weapon it's a candlestick a knife a lead pipe a revolver a rope and a wrench lights go off gunshot rings out the lights come back on and mr body is dead so now the plot of the movie who committed the murder yeah that's pretty much it and then you know like you said those are all the weapons from the game the characters are from the game the rooms are from the game and it's totally adapted into a film into a film and so of course in the game the whole point is you're trying to figure out who is the killer with what weapon and in what room of the house yep it's adapted very nicely into a film you've got tim curry playing wadsworth the butler and it's just such a fun movie it's so i mean it's it's like a black comedy so it's there's comedy in it. There's, of course, legitimate mystery because you have no idea who did it and you're trying to figure it out the whole time. And I mean, I don't, again, slight spoiler ahead if you don't want to hear this, just maybe fast forward one minute. Um, but there's actually three different endings to this movie. And when do you know this, Mike? When it first came out, one of the three endings was sent to different movie theaters. No, I didn't know that. I just thought it always had all three. No. And so, yes, then for the home, for, of course, you know, after theaters, home media, all of that has the three endings presented in sequence. But I love this. I know that it's one of those movies you either love or maybe you're not as into. I still love it. I think it's awesome. To be fair to people that don't like it as much, it got mixed reviews initially and it didn't do that well at the box office. But it's an absolute cult classic now. I think you just said it's a fun movie. It's just an incredibly breezy watch. I can't tell you how many times I watched this. I'm like, this played all the time in like Comedy Central in like the early 2000s. I feel like it was always on. And I would mm-hmm. always like tune in for at least 30 minutes. And uh, it's, I mean, pretty consistent laughs throughout. It never really like has me keeled over. Like there's no moments that I love, 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 you know, until the ending. That is the three endings is just a, a beautiful, um, you know, cap on the entire film. It's just so fun. And like, again, it's the epitome of a murder mystery to me. You've got this one location, but there's lots of areas within this location. You don't exactly know how this person was killed or who did it. And you're trying to figure it out. And you get a lot of what what I do like about this that's a little different from a lot of other murder mysteries is you get a lot of side characters that come out of nowhere. Like the doorbell is constantly ringing and various people are arriving at the house. 
Yes. Uh, which is, yeah, it's fun. Just mixes it up a bit. But, I mean, yeah, it's a it's an absolute classic. Cannot fault either. That's the list right there. Let's do a recap. Please. So my number five is 1978's Death on the Nile. Uh, number four, The Third Man. Number three, Eight Women. Number two, Happy Death Day. And number one, The Last of Sheila. And mine, five, The Kid Detective. Four, Memories of Murder. Three, Scream. Two, Zodiac. And one, Clue. Okay, Let's start a few honorables. I, don't, I mean, there's just so, so many, and there's mm-hmm. so many different ways to take it that I think maybe I'll just throw out a few, honestly. Please. The first one that I really wanted to put on my list is In the Heat of the Night, which I decided is a crime film because it's mostly just police, but it's it has a lot of the same things that I love about, say, like a Zodiac or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I'd really thought about that, and then... I was, man, I was really hoping you would have this on your list because it pained me to leave off Knives Out. I feel like it's the best iteration we've got in, in quite a while, and it's it's a great film. So, okay, I'm going to be honest. I My expectations were through the roof with Knives Out because, again, it sort of looks like an updated version of a clue. Yeah. I am not as into it as everyone else. I think Ooh. it's overrated. Whoa, whoa. It let me down a little bit. I enjoyed it. But man, it did not fully scratch the itch I had for for there. There's still a clue shaped hole in my heart after watching Knives Out. Oh my god, very yeah, harsh. I know, I know. I'm, I got to be honest. I'm sorry. You know what? Look very quickly. Uh, I should throw out two more. Which is one is Identity. Yep, that's on my list. That's like one of the more outrageous films you'll watch in any given week. That's for sure. <laughs> yes. like, it is just an insane film. So check it out. And I decided to use this occasion to watch a film that I assumed would be terrible, which is the, the Netflix film Murder Mystery with uh, Jennifer Aniston and Adam Sandler. Come on. It is terrible, Mike. It is not terrible. Oh, it's not amazing, but it's 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 pretty fun. I had a good time with it, really. I'll give you that I love Sandler and Aniston. And so there's at least some bit of charm watching the two yeah. of them on screen together. I mean... If I've named like eight films, I'm not saying it's like number eight on my list. I'm just saying like as a shock. You were shocked that you enjoyed watching it at least. Agreed. Yes. Yeah. I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, Okay. I'll throw a few out. So one that I also sort of left off a little bit for the crime reason that is to a degree a murder mystery, but I, I don't know. There was just a reason I left it off, but a fantastic movie. L.A. Confidential. Yeah. Same. Same. I feel like that's more of a crime one. Movie that I liked, I didn't love, so it's for me not going to be a top five, but really like Wind River. Uh, yeah, totally. Yep. Also, a movie that I watched that I, I really didn't know what to expect is the. It's on Netflix. Uh, the Invisible Guest. Have you ever seen this, Mike? Uh, no, no. It's from 2016. I'll give you like the really short synopsis. So pretty much, uh, this really successful businessman has been accused of murdering the woman he was having an affair with and a really famous, I believe like a, a, a really famous lawyer comes over and they have less than three hours to come up with their defense. Oh, interesting. And there's okay. a lot of twists and turns along the way. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of like, not so much whodunits, but like trying to prove who didn't do it. 
um, yes. that we could have considered as well. But that's like another kind of subgenre as well. Yeah. So I see those three are three I wanted to throw out. There was a lot that I wanted to watch that I haven't. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I really want to throw out. You know what? I think it plays for the genre Memento. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot of great ones, but I'd say that's those are really the ones I wanted to shout. Cool. Well, it's been a great episode. Get 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 balls deep in some murder mysteries, people. And tell us what is a murder mystery. We're still wondering. Yeah, I, I still would like to know that. Please do tell us. Tell us, you know, message me on Instagram. We're on Instagram at Top Fives and Deep Dives. You can hit us up on Twitter to let us know at Top Dives. If you haven't, it would be so helpful and so appreciated if you would go on Apple Podcasts, write a five-star review, takes like a minute, really helps us out. And as always, if you have not heard us talk about it before, we do have a Patreon where we have lots of bonus content. We do two bonus episodes a month where we talk about current music movies tv etc that we're really into we do a couple of recurring series um it's really fun it's either a dollar or three dollars a month so if you have any interest if you really love the pod it's it's really fun over there we love we love interacting with you guys that have joined our patrons so thank you to everyone for listening thank you to all the patrons out there and uh we'll see you guys next week top fives and deep dives with how to ptm top fives and deep dives with how to ptm top fives and deep dives with how to ptm top